what a lot of people don't understand is I owned it from the pulpit, from the platform at the church. By the time my time wrapped up as pastor, I was doing the church a disservice, you know, because I knew that I, my heart was just not there anymore for that. And, and I could have stayed and, 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 I, and that would have appeased a lot of the sort of religious crowd, but I would have been doing a disservice to the actual kingdom in the church. Life is a journey, and most of it is spent in the in-between, in the middle places. But every once in a while, you find yourself on the other side of something. These are the stories we are telling here. We believe that stories change the world, and we hope that when you hear stories of lives changed, obstacles overcome, lives broken, lives mended, and hope found, you'll actually see yourself in their stories. Now more than ever, we need each other, and we need each other's stories. This is On The Other Side. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to On The Other Side. We're your host of today's show. I'm Aaron. And I'm Jamie, and we have a great show for you today. In fact, we sat down with the winners of The Voice, Todd and Brooke Tillman. And yes, I said winners because it's not going to take much before you see just how much of a team the Tillmans are. So what does a 42-year-old small-town pastor do when he wins one of the most popular singing competitions in the world? Todd Tillman and his wife, Brooke, share how decades of unrelenting challenges have taught them a joyful mindset of embracing not only winning the voice, but also every little win along the way. On today's show, we sat down with both of them, Todd and Brooke, to hear exactly how he actually ended up auditioning for the show and then what their life has looked like on the other side of winning the voice. Todd and Brooke Tillman, welcome to On the Other Side. Hey, thank, thank you. Me. Thanks for inviting us. This is so exciting to have another couple that we're sitting down with. And you guys, we had a copy of your book uh, before it even came out. And so it's super exciting. And your book, Every Little Win, How Celebrating Small Victories Can Lead to Big Joy, is out in the world. And we would love to talk with you today about your journey on The Voice. And I want to say this up front real quick, and I think Aaron will agree with me. Todd, it's very clear that you're the one who won The Voice. Yeah, yeah. It's also very clear that you and Brooke are a team. Mm -hmm. And that's been one of my favorite things about yeah, watching this yeah. journey of y'all's. And so we're so excited. So to congrats to both of you guys <laughs> yes. for yeah. winning. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. It's been a whole like uh, we type thing the whole time. All, her, her, I me, love all of us. <laughs> I love it so much. So I wanted to ask if you'll give us a little bit of backstory as to your life pre-voice. And I know that some things never change. Like you're still married. You still have the same amount of kids yeah. and you probably still live in the same place. But I would like to get a glimpse of what did life look like before that audition day? You know, before, actually we don't live in the same place, believe it or not. But before <laughs> before the voice, you know, it's it kind of depends on what part of life you're talking about. But I we just sort of had, I mean, you know, when, when you have a family like ours, it's normal to us. It's not necessarily normal to everybody. But we did sort of have a normal life. I pastored a church. We were in full-time ministry. And she came home to be a homemaker years and when our when our second child was born. So it's been like 17 years ago. But she would do the kind of normal day-to-day -day things that she did. Um, I, I, will, I will say, and I like to say in all these things, that we when I say we, I mean, I guess it was mostly me, but Brooke's always been real supportive. And, and I we, we kind of try to back up each other's craziness, you know. But... I, I was in kind of a place where like I knew I needed to make a change in my life. But I mean, I, it wasn't like I never said, hey, you know, let's just go win a national TV show. <laughs> <You know>? Right. <laughs> so it was really kind of a really, really normal life. Aside from, 
you know, church is when you pastor a church, it's never routine. Something different right. happening all the time. But I it, feel yeah. like I feel like we thought we were very normal, and then I think when we got on the Voice Show, we were getting we to realize that other not. people thought <laughs> yeah. our story and our life journey is not very normal. And so I think it was just kind of interesting to us. We're like that we were so interested in our story which I love people's stories, period. So, but for us, I guess we just thought we were pretty normal, but we kind of found that other people thought that we were kind of, like had some like interesting, a yeah, a show. Sorry, a side show. Yeah. When you were on The Voice and you're saying people thought you guys were, you know, not quote unquote normal, what was it about you guys that they were so intrigued about? You want to go with that? I feel like it, first of all, I think one of the big things that probably in, like, drew people in is that I think we really tried because we were just thrown in this. We had not, you know, tried to have any experience with, you know, performing or being in that world. I didn't expect it to go anywhere. I just we thought they would we, say no. Literally, we did it on a whim of this would be a cool thing to tell our kids, like, go try yeah. something. So I think we were thrown in it. And honestly, like, we were just like so blown away. Yeah. That it, it, I, I think I think we're just authentic. We were just ourselves. We were like authentically blown away. Blown right? away. And it was not <laughs> yeah. Like, like people got like this whole like oh my god like, and so we were just it was just such a different world for us, and we just could not. We were so blown away that this is even happening, and I think people really like saw that, and then there was just layers to our story because of course you know we're we're forty years old, so we had a lot of time to live a story, and so people in that show tend to be can be younger or, yeah. or you know, and, and right. that's pretty. And, and yeah. so I think we were just maybe a little different to what's normal mm-hmm. on there. And well, I mean, we got eight kids we've adopted, you know, yeah. right. Right. You know, so it, I it, guess people were just like, dang, this is crazy. Right. <laughs> but it's, it's a crazy family. Yeah. And you're a pastor yeah. trying out for a, you know, a singing contest right, that, yeah. that had to have struck some people as odd as yeah. well. It, yeah, it did. I, you know, the best response I can give to that is, the response was overwhelmingly positive, yes, but was. not completely. Good. <laughs> okay, okay. Not completely. Right, yeah. What, how did the idea come about of like, I want to I wanna audition for The Voice? You know, it, it didn't, but in that way, uh, in, I would say somewhere around springtime of 2019. I, I'm telling y'all, like, I, I think maybe I'm, I was having a midlife crisis. I don't know. Something was going on. And, <laughs> like, I was like, I, something's got to give and change. And, and like, I knew that I knew that I wasn't going to keep pastoring forever. And it didn't have anything to do with, like, I hate pastoring. or I, I, It was nothing like that. I don't know how to explain it. But so I started trying to teach myself piano. And I still suck at it. But. I can like bang the chords out. And so I would yeah. get on Instagram and bang chords out and just sing one minute of like, I would mm. sing worship songs. I would sing Willie Nelson. You know, I sang Poison. I sang Every Rose Has Its Thorn, you know? Yeah. And so a friend reached out and sent it's me. It's not the, even a close friend either. It's, yeah, it's, it's like a, an acquaintance, right? Yeah. Sent out, sent me a link to audit for the open call auditions to The Voice in Atlanta, Georgia. And she was like, you should do this, you know? And so I went, you know, what the heck, you know, something's got to change. So I signed up for it. Months passed because that was in spring. The the open call was he not. He never until, he never heard anything about like a confirmation. I never got. Email. I, I never, never even got a confirmation huh. email. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Like, yeah. And I, and you really he had decided that well, he wasn't going to do it. Like we had just went to Denver for a conference. We had, a, had a long week that week. And we drove it because we love road trips. We love to come do road trips. And so we got back and it was like the next day. And so he hadn't heard anything back, like a confirmation. So it's like, if I don't get a confirmation, I'm just not going to go. Like, it's it's pointless. You know, it seemed like a fun thing to do at the time. We want to say, oh, yeah. Well, you know, me over here, because I'm like the pushy wife, I guess. And I'm like, (laughs) 
Like, maybe, you know, go, you'll regret it. You'll wonder, like, you know, you, you, you know, I, I'm over here just like, I want to be like, hey, Todd tried out for The Voice. You know, my husband tried yeah. out for The Voice. And Brooke is also <laughs> really impulsive. I, yeah, yeah, I am super <laughs> impulsive and, like, in the moment and a little bit, like, couldn't drive us off a cliff if Todd didn't kind of rein me in a little bit. Yeah. And so I kind of pitched it. I pitched everything to him. So I, like, pitched, <laughs> I pitched adoption to him. Like, we pitched things. And so I was like, come on, babe. Like, you, you'll regret it. So he ended up going and, and here we are. That's the rest is history. <laughs> That's okay. crazy. But I, I do want to fill a couple things in because I don't think Aaron knows this, and you write about this in your book, is you drive down there. Huh? And, I mean, let's be honest. You guys are, like, pinching every penny that you can possibly get. Yeah. And so your plan, Todd, was to sleep in your car. Yep, that was the plan. Yeah. And so can you tell us what happened from when you left your house to when you got to Atlanta? Because it went unexpected that you didn't expect oh, yeah. it to happen. Oh, my you gosh. just thought, I'm going to go do this and I'm going to be home. And so walk us through those those few days. Okay. Once once the decision was made that I was going to go, because there was uh, one thing we rarely mention about, and which is was a very big deal, still is a bigger deal than people out in the world think, was money. We didn't really have, yeah. we don't mention yeah. that a lot, you know. But and we, had already, we had just spent a decent amount taking this road trip out for her. She was in a conference. I, I camped while she had her conference. And we so, literally on the way to this conference slept in our car one night. We did sleep in the car one night, the you know, and showered like, in the truck. Oh about, my goodness. You know? Yep. Yep. And so I was just, you know, I was like, you know, once the decision was made, I said, what I'll do, because Atlanta was about four and a half, five hours away from where we lived in, in Mississippi. And my audition was scheduled. I mean, it's hard to explain how it goes, but you do have a scheduled time. And so my audition was scheduled at, I think, 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. or something like that, early in the morning. So right. I was just going to drive over. I was going to stop on near town, really close to town at a rest stop or something and just sleep in the car. And so I, on the way there, somebody from the church reached out and said, you know, we don't feel right about that. So why don't you just let the church get you a room? And so I've always been, and I don't want to take, I really, please understand what I'm saying. I'm not, I don't want to take like any credit for this. It's just kind of the way that I think. And I think it's because I'm the sole provider for a wife and kids and, and all the things. So I just thought, well, I'll find the cheapest place. And I did, man. I played. In, I stayed in kind of a skeezy place. I can't lie. But, <laughs> but I didn't want to spend a whole lot of the money. And, you know, right. so I get there. And then it cost me like 25 bucks or something to park, which was, I mean, I was upset. Yeah. <laughs> I'm annoyed that I'm even there. That's really the truth. Because you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. these people are going to take what little self-esteem I have left and crush it beneath their feet, mm. you know, while I'm here today. And so I parked, I, I got into the line, which was like, what, I mean, I, they don't air this on the voice like they do like on idol or something, but it was like, right. it was a line right. way around the block. And I was way around there and there's people are just singing everywhere and they're all really good, you know, and they're like, yeah, I freaking even here, you know? And so I went in and really, I mean, it's a very, really deep, I can tell a lot of details. I went in, bam, bam, bam. I finally, after, when I say bam, 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 each bam is like an hour and a half, but you know, I, they I got, break you down into they break us down into smaller, smaller groups. groups. And, and when I finally got to sing, you only get to sing 30 seconds. And uh, mm, so wow. I got up and she said, all right, go for it. And I started a tad bit high and I started on, don't go looking for the reasons from a uh, broken halo, you know? Uh-huh. And, but I started a hair high and in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, you were already uh. stuck. And now it's just, and so. Um, and uh, you he, only get 30 seconds. Yeah, you have 30 seconds. He's so, such an overthinker. Oh yeah, my God. Like, oh my God. He, he, like, it's never good enough for him when he sings. Never. So, so anyway, they, um, 
when it, when that was over, there was 10 of us in the room and the girl, she's actually become a friend of mine now. She asked three of us to stay behind and gave us, you know, the go through to the call back. But, and it's, I'm actually ashamed to say it. I didn't think that would happen. So I didn't, I had to go buy clothes. Like, <laughs> yeah. Literally, like, let, let I had to call our church. Yeah, because the next day was Sunday. Yeah, and that so, was a Saturday. And so he was oh my goodness. preaching me at church and he had no idea that that's how it was going to roll out. And so literally he like called me in a panic and we had to figure out. I mean, it was an excited panic. Yeah, it was an excited panic. And of course our church, which has been super supportive. Yeah, they were really great Super supportive. You know, mm. of course jumped up to the plate and we figured it out. But he had to go buy clothes because he didn't bring clothes. They wanted to dress Someone like, else helped me with another hotel. Yes, someone, a friend of his wow. church helped with that hotel. And I remember talking to him on the phone and they told you you had to bring, what, three songs? Three songs, yeah. And they told I had, you specifically I had one had to be songs. fast, one had to be, <laughs> they gave you specifics. So Todd was trying to get ideas. So I was bouncing off ideas with him about songs. And then... He couldn't practice them because by the time he got the hotel, Todd's loud. If you watch so he's a powerful, like powerful, <laughs> oh, yeah. loud singer. He's like, we're going to oh, yeah. sing them. I couldn't even because practice. Everybody would wake everybody up in the hotel. hotel. Right. And so it, he was a, a ball of nerves thinking, this is just, this is, I'm so unprepared. Now, the next morning I got up at like six o'clock for the callback because I, I, it wasn't so like waiting line tight. I yeah. got up probably like six o'clock in the morning and I just said, screw it. I hope I don't wake anybody up. I got to go over these songs. I got to do it. Oh my gosh, man. And so that's kind of how that, that all went. Okay, so, you know, no surprise here. You make it and you make it all the way yeah. to the show. And so you make it all the way to the show and you audition and... I mean, I, it's such a great story. We could sit here and talk about that all day long. But when you audition, we were just watching the video of you singing. Yeah, before it's we amazing. Started. It's amazing. amazing. Thank you. And all four judges turned around. Yeah, I right. mean, I think the first three turned around like in the first twenty seconds pretty, or so. Yeah, pretty. Or before you even got to the chorus. Oh man, I was so relieved. <laughs> we love the show. I've always been curious what that feeling is like because you know their backs. If, if anybody listening hasn't seen the show, you're basically singing and there's four judges with their backs to you and then they choose to hit the button, their chair spins around. So they can't see you, they, have no, they know nothing about you except your voice. So what's going on in your head when three chairs turn around at the same exact time? You know, honest to God, you know, they, they tell you, they, pre they prep you that a lot of people say they sort of, their, bl their blind audition is like a blur. And they like, uh, but hmm. mine, I remember it fairly vividly. And honest to God, it was, it, re it really was a mix of, because honestly, I was so nervous, like, and I mean so nervous, it was d almost debilitating. And, and that's never happened to me backstage. But when yeah. I got on stage, the best I know how to explain it, I was still really nervous, but it was better. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, yeah. don't want to yeah. be like, I got on stage and my confidence, that didn't happen, but it was better. You know? Yeah, you said like a little bit of a calm. It, came I felt calmer because I, I guess mm. you're. I mean, it's like now I'm now out I'm here. Never, yeah. I, I, right, you know, right. Turning back, you know. Yeah. So I start. I started singing, and literally when the because the first two turned pretty much at the same time, yeah. and it really was like a feeling of relief and euphoria because I just wanted yeah. to turn a chair. That's literally my yeah. goal was to turn a chair. Yeah. You know, and so then everybody's like. You look like you were so excited and happy. Like, I was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you ended up getting getting all four yeah, uh, chairs yeah. turned around. It was so yep. funny to like, because, you know, Todd, like, you know, had walked me through, like, kind of how he was going to do on the stage. And, you know, like, and so to me, like, standing there and watching him, and he kind of, 
because he got so excited, he just went into oh, the plan almost went like, out the window. Like yeah. that worship zone, how he does at church, which I was not expecting to do, like that kind of twirl and hop. I'm like, oh, yeah, God, I saw the twirl. He just went like straight how he does in church up there. And, and But it was great. They loved it. I but was, it was pumped, like, yeah. But that was so off the like what he. Like but but y'all, for real, like like I was telling you earlier, in my mind and like in my own body and my own person, like my spirit, so much was really at stake. Because I thought, yeah. I thought all of this that's built up to this point in the last just couple of years, like I was like, y'all, this is my shot. Like this is, mm-hmm. I'm forty at the time, forty one. Like I'm not. This is my shot. There's there's not another one. You know. Now is this correct, Todd? That previous to the voice, you had not performed like. Correct. At all? No, I sang in church Church. my whole life, but I have done 100% more shows since The Voice than I did before. Mm. I never, 100%. Never did a show. Like I sang at The Voice. I mean, I sang at church. I sang at, um, once in a while, I would sing like at someone's wedding or something, but it was yeah. not, not right, even the right. reception though, just like in the in the ceremony. Yeah, you know? but I, not I shows. Wasn't the, like he I let wasn't the band, band. play with the band. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, at what point in the season did you realize I actually have a shot at winning this thing? Not just like making it onto the show, uh, but winning it. For me, it was when I made the finale. When I made the because honestly, y'all, and I, I really at, once we made a team, our our sort of prayer and hope was let's try to get on the live shows like we want to and get through the battle night. If we got to the live shows that and was, literally that was everything after that was us. great gravy and we honestly and we tell people this we really prepped our kids in the commercial in the we, finale we did yeah. not think we were going to win we were i really felt like thunder was going to win i thought it was, yeah. you know and so we prepped our kids and you know because all of them in the finale were phenomenal anybody could have yeah won. well all of um, them you can't get on the show you know, <laughs> you know like, yeah, right, we really prepped right. our kids like do not cry. You know, make sure. Well, we told them, we said when they're going to announce a winner and we're going to be on the screen when they do. So smile and clap. Yeah. And <laughs> right, right, right. Really we're prepping. So I think it almost didn't seem like a reality that we could win even almost to the, I mean, I guess the thoughts there as we when, made the finale, but we really still didn't think, I don't think it. Yeah. When I made the finale, I actually reached out to and have made, since made really great friends with Jake Hoot, the guy who won the season before mine. And I just had a bunch of questions for him. I'm like, you know, I made the finale. So I said, I guess now there's a one in five chance I'm going to win, you know? And so I had tons of questions, but really the finale was the first time I thought we re- we could win. You know, yeah. I didn't think we would, but right. I did think mm-hmm. we could. Right. Well, congratulations because you did. Thank and you, yeah. as we were prepping for this and rewatching it, I was just crying right <laughs> alongside with you guys all over again. And yeah, so- I cried on a couple performances. <laughs> <laughs> So very good. I cried watching you sing. I can only imagine. I mean, it was just so, so good. And so I want to talk now about what life has been like really on the other side of that victory and your life completely changed. Uh, I know that since then you are no longer pastoring your church. You told us that you guys have moved. I know that today you're doing marketing photos and meetings and you're living a completely different life. You've released a book. You have a book released. 2019 Tillman family looks different than 2021. Yeah, our, so, our oldest son moved to LA and took a job, a really good job. It's, wow, everything is wow. so different. Yeah. From a high level, what does the Tillman family look like now? And then I really would like to feel like, how do you go from, I mean, let's just be honest here, and I have no, I'm just assuming here, go from pinching pennies as a pastor 
parenting eight children to I would imagine life looks even different financially now yeah. than it was. It, it's and, better now. Yes. That's true. Yeah. It's still, you know, it's still we have to still be careful and pay attention to what we're doing, you know, because mm-hmm. my I like what now what I when I even when I do music and shows and things, it's like, you know, I have to say, okay, well, if if no one else, if I don't book anything else. This could, this could be the only income yeah. for this, yeah. you know? Right. right. But it's, you, a, di- it's gotta... a different mindset. I feel like, you know, I even said like after the voice happened, I feel like we had to switch a little bit from a poverty mindset, which is where if you do win a big amount of money or your income tax time comes, you think, oh, this is, we better spend, spend or do what we can now because it's going to be gone or the just mm. lack of never having enough. And I do think we've switched to a little more of, you know, trusting that, you know, we can There's kinda... a little more security you don't feel yeah like, you don't feel like we have to figure out how, what we have to move around to pay this thing or that thing right, right. and we still right. have to balance like you said it's, it can be feast or famine you have a lot and then you have to go through a season where okay you're not you don't have as many things coming up so you have to learn to balance like used to we had a set we could do a set budget we had a set income which was tight but now it's like you may have a lot and then you have to, it may go first, you know, and so we're having to relearn how to do that. I think we're having to relearn in our marriage. I mean, we didn't like traditional pulpit marriage, our entire marriage yes. to get ministry together. So it's different, even marriage together, because, you know, this is different. Like, even though we're still doing it together, we learned how to be married together doing traditional pulpit ministry. And so mm-hmm. we're having to relearn that. But I mean, outside of that and our kids and moving to a new town and, 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 and first time I'm 41 years old, I've ever been away from my family, mm-hmm. you know, being away from our church. I've been in the same church since I was 13. That is wow. so hard to, you know, um, go through all that change. But I think ultimately we're still the same people. Yeah. It's almost like it has not sunk in that we won the voice. Like, yeah. if that makes sense, like, I was like, it's hard to explain, like, like the, the things that we do now are a lot different, but the, the like principle what of our, who we the are. way we live in the house and run, it's really a lot. Yeah. The same. Like, yeah. yeah, but you know, the one, the, the guy that's going to do the photo shoot for us is a friend of mine in years. We've been friends. And so that's really a big deal to me if I can to reach out to the people that have been friends yeah. of mine for years. And uh, yeah. because you know, you get in these circles and it's all the same people. And then uh, it's, it's literally like, if you're not careful, the, the people who can't seem to get a break, never get a break unless mm. you get one and give one to them. Yeah. You know? yeah. I thought it was real funny. Like when he said it, he was coming out. Yes. Yeah, so that's what I was going to say. A friend of a friend, another friend of ours has been in our life said, are you nervous? Are you nervous? Like, why would you be hang nervous? Out? And it's like, no, like, <laughs> We're still the same people. We're I mean, just still the same. Yeah, right. Uh, like it doesn't matter, you know. It, it. So I think it's like yes, everything's changed, but yet there's still everything a lot. Everything stayed the same. The same. It's, it's yeah, a yeah, weird yeah. Thing. Yeah. What, what's what's been maybe the most difficult change that has happened? I, I would say the most difficult change that has happened for me. She may say something different, but I would say the most difficult change that's happened for me is I, I am gone a lot more mm. than I used to be gone. And sometimes not right now. And I, it's building and that's good. And I have to remember that it's good that, that it's building because that, that means success in, in the financial part of our family, but we are having to adjust to that. Cause sometimes I'll be gone for a long time. You know, right. like one time I was gone for almost three weeks, you know, and only back for a day or two and then gone again for another week. And now, but now I, I have to go, I have some stuff this weekend. I have some stuff next week, but I've been home for a two and a half weeks, you know, and so right. that's right. been the hardest part, I guess, for me. Yeah, that, that was a very big adjustment. I, I'll be honest. I think the hardest part for me is I'm such a relational person 
And I had a huge, my whole social identity was wrapped into church and being mm-hmm. a pastor's wife. And I didn't mm-hmm. even realize until I stepped into this season, how much fulfillment I found in that people needed yeah. me. Mm-hmm. And that's been a huge hole for me. And, yeah. you know, we, we were looking for churches right now. God's kind of opened some doors and, you know, but that's hard. And like I said, being yeah. in the same church and these people that shared our ultimate, you know, one of the ultimate victories with us shared a lot of valleys with us and not having them in my day to day life like I had before right. is, has been very challenging for me. That's good. I can see that. As you've moved away, both of you from old community, lots of ties, do you feel like it's harder to like be known now because you're known on a broader scale, like to be truly known for who you guys are Probably. in a new city with a new yeah. job? Yeah, yeah. Probably like, you know, locally. Now, when I say locally, I don't really count Nashville. We don't live in Nashville. We live about an hour outside of Nashville. But like locally, I mean, I don't mean this in like a self-deprecating kind of sad way. We don't have any friends, I don't think. Right. Uh, you know, like we don't know anyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got lots yeah. of Nashville friends, and some of them are business friends, and some of them are people that I really am friends. And with. we didn't pick like we, we live in a really really small farm community, like a really rural I literally, area. Literally, the Lord opened up where we live is beautiful. It's like exactly what I would have wanted, and we can afford it. I, I, it's such a God thing. But that's why we picked here. We just had a certain time, a certain radius he could be. He said, I don't want to be right. from, yeah. from from Nashville, but not in Nashville. And so I started looking for things on Zillow, and we found this. So we came here. We have no ties to know anyone here or anything. But we did and get, so like, built-in grandparents. We did. You know, the, like, the people that kind of help run this well, property. They, they manage the property. Uh, we rent this place, but they it's on a working farm. So, like, uh, 150 yards this way are beehives and, and goats, and a, the, they're growing wheat right behind and wheat to this side. And they actually the come and let our kids you know, help them plant, plant the plant, garden. Yeah, they, they let the kids Work plant the, bees, the garden. Like, come feed the goats. And so it's basically They made us like, cinnamon rolls and all of that. <laughs> oh, amazing. I how to make homemade bread. Yeah. Like, I, I can't even cook. I can't even make, yeah. you know, I, I, yeah. I don't even, Y'all got you know. any more rooms to rent there? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds yeah. like a dream. So it really is like a dream. So God is really taking care of us. But there's always that bittersweet side. There's that side that, man, what I would give to have the community. If I could just drop this little piece of heaven yeah. in our community that we had, you know, right. that would be awesome. But, you know, it's a new season. God's stretching us and trying to teach us yeah. things. And yeah. we just have to be here for it, you know? Todd, I, I remember you saying early in the interview that, you know, you felt like you were going through this maybe like kind of midlife crisis, yeah. like not really, but it felt like it a little yeah. bit. And you just felt there has something has to change. Yeah. And you just felt as though... I need something to change. And and obviously here you are and something major has changed in your life and your family's life. Do you feel now on the other side of that feeling of something to have to change? Do you feel like this is where, this is the change that God was doing yeah. and this is my new, this is my journey here? Yeah, I do. But you know, in fairness, I, I, and I, I want to tell the whole world at every opportunity I get, yes, 100%. I feel like I'm doing the right thing at the right place at the right time in my life. I'm taking every opportunity that uh, literally every door that opens, unless I feel an adverse reaction in my heart to it. Mm. I, t- I, I go through every door that opens, but, but I do, I, I will say the, the real truth of the matter is every morning when I wake up, I did it this morning. Every morning when I wake up, I lay in my bed and I sort of have my daily dose of anxiety, you know, that even though, even though the, the prospects are bigger now and the the stages are more public now there's still not even though it was it was and we were blessed by it i don't i'm not complaining about it right but even though it was not a lot 
we did know this check is coming every week, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and now I don't know that, you know, right. and, mm-hmm. and so at, I, I kind of just got to a place, y'all, I'm telling you, I tell everybody, every one of these, I tell them, y'all, I, I really, I felt like it was going to be real estate. I, I looked into being a realtor. Mm-hmm. I looked into being a barber, you know, I, I don't even, yeah. and I was like, you know, I like to talk to people. If I cut hair, I guess I could talk to them. <laughs> well, and two, I feel like we say all the time, because Todd is a safe bad guy. I am a safe, play it safe I guy. really mm. feel like God knew what Todd needed was the grand gesture of the voice, or he wouldn't do it. And I knew mm. it. I think God was like showing us it was time to move into something different. We knew that, but I think Todd would more than likely take the safe bet. Yeah, and, and, and even to all the even to all, and I get it. So the voice was I'll, just the like what he used to like yeah. catapult. I think yeah. to what he yeah. had for him because that's what Todd needed. It needed to be something that way, or Todd would have. Well, and I like to say too, like even even to all the people who are critical, you know, and which I get. What I'm trying to do, and I'm doing an uh, okay job, not great, but okay, of just having, trying my best to have enough grace to understand that they don't understand, you know? And, but what a lot of people don't understand is by the time I, but I, I owned it. I owned it from the pulpit, from the platform at the church. By the time my time wrapped up as pastor, I was doing the church a disservice, you know, because mm. I knew that I, mm. my heart was just not there anymore. Yeah, for that. right. Yeah, right. And yeah. I could have stayed, and 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 I and that would have appeased a lot of the sort of religious crowd, but I would have been doing a disservice to the actual kingdom in the church. And you know? I feel like it's mm. hard because so many we've had the people that say, "Hey, you know, you left the church, or you know, what happened, or you." We didn't, didn't leave, leave the, church. the church. The church is not the building, <laughs> yeah. you guys. Yeah. You know, you have to switch to being kingdom minded. And, you know, ministry doesn't only happen in behind a pulpit. And I think, because I'll be honest with you, when Pat first started coming to me, I was like, well, that can't be right. God would never tell you to, you're not supposed to pastor. And that was probably in 2016. Yeah. That wasn't like Mm -hmm. at the boys. So slowly God began to show me that sometimes God opens bigger doors because you may be able to minister to people you never would be able to minister before. And we had to change that mindset. So I have to have grace to understand other people just they haven't had that mindset changed yet. And right. you just have to have grace for that. But yeah, long story short, I, th- I feel like this is the thing. And I, I just feel peace and freedom. So yeah. That's amazing. How have you guys seen ministry actually play out since oh, The Voice? Or even during The Voice? Oh, I have to say my favorite thing that Todd called and told me, I think it was his first experience. He grew up, his dad was a pastor. He grew up under like traditional ministry and seeing ministry done that way in the deep South, which can be... It's, it is a thing. Yeah. It's a thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a thing. And so it was his first experience getting to just minister to people and love them. Well, not, outside yeah, just, of that, like, literally, I remember him calling me and said, Brooke, there was a guy that told me. He says, No, this is weeks after I knew these people. Like, he's like, I, I cannot believe when I found out you were a pastor. No, he said, he said, Todd, somebody told me that you were a pastor. Is that true? And I said, yeah. And he said, I can't believe that. I'm like, why can't you believe it? He goes, I don't know, man. You're just so nice. And I was like, geez. Mm. And it, so I think it was man, his first what? freedom to minister outside of like that tradition. And, and he loved it. Like yeah. it freed yeah. him. It's played really- out in a hundred ways. I mean, you, the book, like when, when, like the way the book even came to be was, because honestly, it's not, I really, y'all, I'm not like a poor, pitiful guy. I'm happy. I'm a happy guy. But in my mind, I'm like, nobody wants to read a book about us. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> e- even in the book, like the way Brooke went on the podcast, the, the lady who co-authored the book with us, it was her podcast. And she was like, dang, y'all should write a book. You know, that ha- that has happened. 
I still, even now, you know, and a lot of folks don't understand it. And I, I'm trying to understand, have understanding for them that they don't. I go and do church events, but I also go and do all kinds of events. You know, I'm able to minister a lot still in church, but I, what I feel like is the most effective for me, and I'm not trying to put a, any blanket on anybody, is just kind of be a boots on the ground. My my theology has become I love you and Jesus loves you, you know, and that's who I am. And all I know to do is love you right where you are. And I, cause the real truth is I know what the scripture says about a thousand different things, but the, I don't have all the answers. And even if I did, I wouldn't know how to make them applicable in your life. So all I can do is just love you. you know? Yeah. All you can do is point people to Jesus. And I feel like the best way to do that sometimes are for us we have found is being able to just live our lives and people see that and who you are. Like, I think that's my favorite thing about Todd. You know, he doesn't have to, like, he talks about Jesus, of course, but he doesn't even have to do that. And you get yeah. to see that, that there's something there. And so I think when mm -hmm. people get to see that lived out, when you can actually operate and, you know, live your life and you don't have to be in all these rules and regulations that sometimes ministry can bring, I think people that maybe would be turned off because they've already been turned off by the church, get to know you or get to know your music or get to see your story or get to read your book or whatever. And then they're like, wait a minute. And then they get to know who you really are. And they get to see. Or say and, like, holy crap, that's not a hymn he sang, but he clearly loves God. Yeah. And so for us, I mean, I think we just want to be authentic. We want to be authentic. Jesus is not a part of our story. He encompasses our whole story. And that comes out in everything we do, even if we're not saying Jesus all yeah. the time you know and also, i want to show the whole world that you know we all sort of suck in our own way and thank, <laughs> thank god that he's good you know <laughs> yeah. yeah yes I had I was talking to someone the other day and they said people should smell the aroma of Jesus yeah. on you before they hear it. And yeah. I was like, oh, that is so good because they should just sense yeah. there is something about you that's different before you even tell me what it is. I would love to hear just what about any influence on I know you worked with Blake uh -huh. on the show. What about how did you feel like you being a pastor? How did that play out even just on the show? And did you see any kind of like man, God, this is really cool that I'm getting to be maybe a Christian that someone's getting to have a, you know, an interaction with on the show. Were there any stories yeah. like that? Oh, yes. Uh, the, several, like there were some that were more artist related, like, like contestant related. I mean, I felt there was more than one time that, and I don't know, they might not even say this. And so I'm not trying to like label myself like Mr. Great, but I do feel, I do feel like it, more than one time I got put in a position of being like, the dad, like I would sit yeah. and, yeah. and and they would, they would sit and they, I don't even know that. I don't know if they knew or not that they were sort of pouring their heart out and struggling and I'm just listening and trying to help, you know, but then even, even on when we were, when we were remote, the, the show, you know, it, it's interesting because a lot of people, you know, have a lot of, a lot of ideas about that, but like for me, it made it a little more personal because when you're there, you know, it's a show. So the whole production team is there. Right. But when we went remote, it's just me and my coach. I mean, I know they're there on the call, but you don't see them. You know, it's just mm -hmm. you, your coach's face, your face. And and there were several times. But now that's one thing that I will say. And I realize a lot of people have their own little like litmus test or whatever. But I, Blake is a man of faith. I'm telling you. And mm -hmm. I, the way that I know is I had more than one fairly deep conversations about faith with him. You That's know? awesome. We, cool. I got to, I got to, you know, literally we, I don't want to say I got to share the gospel with him as if he had never heard it, but we, we got to 
discuss the gospel you know yeah, there's a lot of things yeah. that aren't shown now, they, a lot of those things didn't air on tv yeah but right, I, I right. thought it was so awesome that that you got to share like you're kind of the way you like to minister one of your favorite things and, and the way you know I got and to I, look he he was and is very good to me you know and mm-hmm. and so i i will say this there have been a lot more people who looked the part who have done a lot more harm in the world than than the good that Blake Shelton has done for me and, and in mm. my life. And I don't know another way to put, put it. You know? <laughs> love yeah, it. Yeah. That's wow. Amazing. That's so great. Guys, I love y'all's story so much. I love how many times you use we. I was going to say the same thing. Not just thing. Todd, not favorite. just Brooke, but we love that. Um, that's how Jamie and I roll too. And so it's just been really cool to see how God's used your story. And even, you know, to go from pinching pennies, I, I'm sure being able to be generous now yeah. doing ministry inside the context of a church and now doing ministry out in the world. I, I just think it's awesome. And I love what you guys are using oh, your platform you. and, yeah. and your voice for. A whole other thing. I'm sorry to add this, like just in the last month, you know, it's I'm on like number four of things where I'm getting invited to be a part of raising either funds or awareness or both for foster care and and oh, adoption man. and that's a thing for us it's just, and you know that door got yeah. opened god has really just god has really more. just given me opportunities to like i don't want the local church does real ministry and i i lived it for years so they do and that's not but god has yeah. opened up doors for us to do very real ministry in a different way than we were before. on a bigger scale yeah. because of what happened now you yeah. get a bigger scale to like share you know the heart of god with adoption and foster care here and yep. share our story on a bigger this, level. It's this just, Saturday, I'm gonna be at an event for that. You yeah, know? it's just I've been blown away. God's so good. Love it, love, love it. it. Love well, it. know that Aaron and Jamie Ivy are cheering you guys on. Thank you. And we're cheering uh, y'all we're, on. <laughs> thanks, thanks, guys. We're so thankful that you'd be you'd be on this show and share what it's like to be on the other side of the voice. Thank you, anytime. guys. Anytime. anytime, anytime, we'll come back anytime. Thank you. All right, we'll take Thank you up y'all on y'all so much. Okay, I love Brooke and Todd so much, and their story was so great to hear. Aaron, it made me think of something, how Todd was talking about doing ministry now in a different context from when he was used to being a pastor for his whole life, and he even said his dad was a pastor. I mean, literally, his pastor's in his blood, and now he's doing ministry in a different way, and how much he's enjoying that. It reminded me of when you took that season of working at Starbucks. Yeah, it was about 15 years ago now, I guess. And I started to realize I work at a church, I play Christian music, I'm always around Christians. All my friends were Christians. And so I decided to take about six months and get a part-time job at the local Starbucks. And it was so transformative. Like I really learned how to love people, how to serve people. I had people around me that thought different, looked different, came from different backgrounds. And it was transformative for me. And actually when people ask me like, Hey, what are, what are some of the best things you've done to kind of like prepare for ministry or learn about ministry? Starbucks, that season is always top of my list. It was such a powerful season of my life. And I love that season of getting free coffee every single week because you got that. Another thing I loved about them is how they were talking about how their life looks different now, obviously, but they're still the same people. They're the same people in their house. They're the same people parenting their kids. That was really interesting to me as well. Yeah, and they just seem like fun people. Like they seem like they, they, they like each other. I bet their house is rowdy all the time. I just really enjoyed hearing their story of being on the other side of The Voice. So great. What a great couple. We'll have to go have dinner with them next time we're in Nashville. Thank you. Today's show was mixed and edited by Aaron Campbell. Show notes were written by Abby Castell. Show graphics and videos were made by Rachel Ray. And the show is produced by Lindsay Sweeney. Please share this show with a friend if you loved it. It's how most people find out about podcasts. Thank you for listening to On the Other Side with Jamie and Aaron Ivey.